Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 143. I'm your host, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Welcome to video games. Finally, they're back. Maybe they never left, really. Yeah, they're back. We had that one Zelda trailer. I didn't, well, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. You were no, like, you, you, should, saw the, you saw the you, tweets. You were like, it opens with the three notes of concerning hobbits, and I went to watch the trailer, and it did do that, and then I shut the trailer off, because um, you can't trick me into caring about Zelda in 2023. I thought I cared, and then I, I stopped caring. The game took so long to come out, and my whole arc of, I'm excited for more Zelda, oops, I played Sable, it did everything I needed, a game that's like Breath of the Wild to do, contraptions don't actually interest me, happened. I don't care. You can't make me. Uh, Direct quote, uh, contraptions don't actually interest me. Putting that on your bio. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's 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 true. Uh, my academic interest in the Zelda fans continues in that I'm 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 not going to play the game. I, I'm I have other Zelda games to play. I have no no interest to leapfrog and play it. Uh, but I am watching YouTubers break down the trailer. Uh, who used to be like, oh, I can't believe they've hidden away. Th- all, all the video game and, and uh, it's basically DLC or whatever and there's one three minute trailer and they're like oh it looks like the greatest game of all time ever made best game ever uh, they've all done a 180 and I'm like this is hilarious uh, here's my thing is fundamentally I believe that Bre- Tears of the Kingdom is going to be Breath of the Wild again they've added some new mechanics that are genuinely like interesting allow people to break the game in even cooler ways um, and that's enough. And people losing their minds that they weren't getting a big enough game and people now thinking the game is going to be radically different are both fools. I mean, they're the same people, but either way, they are only choosing path of foolishness. I, I don't know enough like actual modern because I haven't played the game, so I don't have that context. All I know is I, I find it fascinating looking at these these uh, these Zelda fans going nuts. They're going nuts. Uh, yeah. And they'll, they'll be saying shit like, oh, is it divine? Could, could, is divine in this game? And I'm like, oh, divine. Oh, not demise, not divine. Demise. Whatever. And I'm looking up what that is. And I'm like, oh, that's just Ganondorf again. That's just the same. That's just that's elemental spirit of evil that turns into Ganondorf eventually from Skyward's. Nobody cares. That's not true. Too many people care way too much. Well, I, I found out what it is. And like, apart from a name change, what materially makes it different from Ocarina of Time, which is already it is not about the, it is not It is not the real man Ganondorf. It is an elemental force of evil. No, 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 but like the story was already about Ganon as like part of the Triforce, the like side know. of evil I don't know. Don't me. I don't fucking know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Zelda stupid. I, I agree. I agree. I wish they'd make a, a 2D Zelda game where you play through eight dungeons. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, I've got a note from Nintendo here. It says you can fuck off and die. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'm working on it. (laughs) That shall not be happening anytime soon. The last uh, 3D Zelda was a decade ago. Uh, 2D Zelda was a decade ago. It was pretty good, is the thing. It was pretty good. Uh, I guess if you don't want to... Was Link Between Worlds really a decade ago? Link Between Worlds was 2013, yes. Holy fuck. (laughs) And then Link's Awakening was four years ago. That doesn't count. That does not count. I know, but it was still four years ago. Uh, that makes more sense. That I'm like, yeah, of course it's four years ago. Man, what a waste of everyone's time. Um, anyway, other than watching YouTube, have you actually played a video game? I've played a couple. I mean, I not really much to talk about here. I played like since the last abnormal mapping, I've played Resident Evil 2, uh, but I've talked about that on every other podcast since. <laughs> um uh, so if you just listen to normal mapping, sorry, I guess. Uh, well, you have to you have to say something novel about Resident Evil Two now. Good job. Uh, shit. 
It's good. It's one of the greatest games of all time. Just I loved it to pieces. It's just really good. Uh, I like picking up things in the police station. I like shooting things with shotgun in the, in the sewers. Uh, it's great. Classic video game. I like the AB scenario. Uh, I like Mr. X. Um, it's fun. I, I don't know. I have very little criticism other than, damn, that's a classic video game. Uh, at some point, I'll play three, but I, I, I played like an hour and got annoyed with crafting ammo. Um, and then well, I'll go back to that at a different time. Okay. Uh, but not really gaming this month. Um because I had a lot of other work to do, and when I wasn't doing that, I was uh, reading manga, so. Um, I'm like, you absolutely played another game. You were on another podcast. I w- uh, yeah, I was on another... Po- I was on um, Journal Updated. We talked about this last month, though, and I played uh, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. Oceans are now crime scenes. <laughs> uh, oceans have never been crime scenes. <laughs> they were in that game that's a great game love that game as well had a great time with that you can listen to that podcast it's out now um if you want to hear my thoughts on that which are mostly that it's fucking great that's true uh, uh but no it's not been a high gaming month for me as opposed to you who has been frankly the, the thing gaming- is i was like well i have so many games but no i the problem is i have like i have two rpgs <laughs> that i completed in the past month yeah but the uh the volume from the from an observer was like you would get home you're like it's time to fucking game you are in an rpg hole in a way that is like nostalgic for even even when i was younger yeah so i uh played a couple games we'll just go in order of size i guess i played a little bit of returnal and then deleted returnal off of my playstation 5 um which I did not enjoy. They call it Returnal because you Returnal uh, the video game back to the servers. I, um, it's a real shame to see Housemark, who made a bunch of games that I really like, uh, feel backed into making a game that just feels like compared to the games it is like trying to emulate in terms of aesthetics and sensibility, like story sensibilities. They made a game that's like moves good and has guns that like don't feel like the worst thing in the world. Um, like I I see the housemarkness, but then I'm like, man, what if this was like a just a cool video game about shooting guys in space in handcrafted levels and not this, not a fucking roguelike that you have to watch multiple cutscenes about this lady's trauma of finding her own dead bodies in the forest. I'm like, fuck off. Fuck off. The guns feel too samey because it's a roguelike. That's my other big complaint. Um, sorry, I I thought I was talking and it wasn't coming through. Yeah, um, he was not coming through. <laughs> I was like, oh god, why is no one reacting? Uh, no, yeah, it, it, I know that there is variety in there. It just like takes a while to unlock because of the long tail of a roguelike. You can get. So far in Next Machina, in the time that I spent with Returnal, getting like four different guns in like a handful of runs, uh, because that game rips. That's Please go play Next game. Machina. It's regularly on sale extremely because nobody fucking bought it. Yeah. And like in, in Hellsmark's defense, they did write a big blog post that was like, we are committing a new operation. It's called Hardcore Selling Out. Yeah, it's um, like no one bought Next Machina. So now we're making a game with a fucking story about trauma. Are you happy? Turns out most people are. Uh, and that sucks, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, if you add like a fake deep is it all in her head style stupid story over your video game that's about shooting things, everyone goes, Ooh look at the We, we call the this we call this pulling a theory ninja crafting. theory. <laughs> yes. 
Ninja Theory also made a bunch of sick games, then sold out to make a stupid game about a lady with trauma and won 800 awards. That's just what video games are. If you if you are tired of not selling good games, you can make a crappy game about someone's like inner life, how sad they are, and just suddenly rake it in. It doesn't matter if the game is categorically worse than things you made before. That in fact, it actually work. helps. That doesn't always work. No, was, it doesn't was... always work. I played a bit of Cloud Built, like a few. I mentioned that recently, uh, or could have been a year ago, but was a game I tried. Uh, the The video game is like sick. It's like a cool arcade uh, platformer, first person like jumping game. Um, it's all about like speedrun tech and stuff. It, it's cool, really cool movement game. Uh, and that has a completely fucking pointless story that it's all in her head because she's disabled and working through her trauma in her mind. Uh, didn't help that game for shit. No one bought it. Yeah. So it is not, we, you can shitpost, but it is not actually like a catch-all. Like, no, I just don't like that this has become the like default mode for a certain type of video game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, oh, right, this game, you showed me this game. I mean, the thing is, this doesn't look like a AAA prestige title. That's why this didn't make it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 they layer on the story, but the, the reason yeah. you, would, you would buy it is because you are a sicko who wants to do weird, cool platforming stuff. Yeah. So it has like the uh the thing about the electric jester thing the thing about returnal and uh and hellblades and a sacrifice was a game i was making fun of uh, that ninja theory did is those games have the sheen of very slick naughty dog inspired cinematic triple a video games and there's just a whole market that doesn't is not going to play a cloud built or an ex machina who eats this shit up uh that, that's that's correct that's correct. last of us tv show somehow wildly successful no re i have no idea how i just uh, i've never felt more jaded than watching people engage with the last of us presented in a seemingly making worse decisions in every turn television show in the prestige mode and go man this whole thing's fucking cooked it's over <laughs> Nothing has ever been more over than the Last of Us TV show gets like acclaim from non-video game people. Yeah, like come on, really, seriously, you, you are you're eating up the Last of Us right now, guys. Yeah. Um, and that, that on some level, like I'm like, is that an indictment more of TV than video games? I don't know. It's all the same thing at this point. That's the problem. Uh, yes. I'm over here gaming. I'm playing real video games that have a jump button. So Last of Us is right out. Uh. The Last of Us not No, it doesn't because they you have to like use the yes. fucking uh lattice. I Last of Us is fine. I don't actually just like the video game part. No, um, that, that's the thing is I enjoyed playing The Last of Us, but everything since and everything Neil Druckmann says has just been repellent in such a like aggressive way that I'm like, nah, I'm I'm good. And also if it's I, like uh If I worked for Naughty Dog, I would be basically incandescent with rage at all times. Looking at, <laughs> because there's no other way to think about The Last of Us TV show to me other than like 15 years of video game development has basically been a Trojan horse to get one man's Hollywood career started. Uh, <laughs> that's man. really Co- funny. Kojima over here just like fuming also. He's, <laughs> he's as mad as the Nighthawk employees. <laughs> but like, when they, they didn't even credit the co-director of The Last of Us who was like, no. He was Neil Druckmann's creative partner for like a decade on these games. They would always come out together. And now he's like, no, it's just me. It's just me, man. I'm like, I was fucking there, dude. Yeah. I was there. You were both talking about these games together. Uh, I don't know. The vibe on Neil Druckmann's like buying his own auto theory hype is uh, all the way off in every interview. Um, so, yeah, sucks. Uh, yeah. But you weren't 
we weren't actually watching that. What were you? Uh, you no, were no, no. This game. is me talking in return. So if you like the Last of Us TV show, go with God, I guess. But I'm gonna roll my eyes at you. That's fine. It's legal. I can be a hater a little bit about fucking Last of Us. I'm allowed. Uh, yes, we're sim- This is simply the hater zone. It's okay. Uh, so I'm I'm rocketing out of the hater zone. You played Sayana Uta last month. I oh, decided fuck, I was yes. going to replay Sayana Uta, which I had not played since it, the English version first dropped in like 2014 or something. Yes. Um, and you can just get that on Steam now. I had to order a DVD from a shady porn game company last time, but I just put it on my Steam Deck and played it. Uh, it's it's like you were right. It's under three hours long, and my standards have changed so much that I remember when I played it being like, "Man, this game's so long," and I, it's just like fucked up and weird. And this time, I mostly just kind of like I played it in the afternoon and I laughed at a lot of it because it's kind of charmingly goofy, and yep. that was it. <laughs> uh yeah, no, and you went and we went and got our like illicit raw files from a porn website rather than dvds uh, so so Sayana Uda, uh for people who don't know is a gen urobochi uh visual novel he's the guy who wrote madoka this is before that um about a guy who has a horrific car accident that kills his family and he survives but it fucks with his brain and he has this like version of aphasia where everything in the world looks like horrible gross meat monsters like the walls the people everything and uh he's having a really hard time with it but he's a medical student so he he knows that they can't fix it so he doesn't even tell anyone it's happened um and uh he's like i'm just this is just gonna be my thing i'm just gonna have to deal with it and while he's in the hospital he sees a beautiful girl approach his bedside and you immediately go well if everything he sees is like opposite day she's obviously some horrible flesh monster it takes him 60 percent of the story to realize this there was a part where i realized that he didn't already know this and i was like what yeah um and uh she's taken aback uh she says her name saya she's taken aback because uh he doesn't run screaming from her with her with his mind broken like everyone else seems to and you're like man this guy's the densest boy in the world i can't believe he's in medical school or it's perfect that he's in medical school depending on how you feel about doctors <laughs> um and uh he leaves the hospital and takes up back at his house and takes saya with him and ends up living in this weird horrible nightmare where um she's a horrible flesh monster from another dimension turns out and uh is trying is able to like devour people and understand their dna um because it's an age game she's also fucking him and understanding his dna um by them fucking um <laughs> and because it's getting a remote, it's really funny because like this is an h game obviously if you play it there's there's sex scenes between this main uh, guy and saya who is like looks like an anime girl of like 14 right that's the thing this is all like oh it's fucked up it's you know this is the most famous lolicon piece of media in the west basically yeah uh she is like neb she's like the this fire emblem character is a thousand years old uh, yeah one of those characters <laughs> it's one of the, um, the generally how she's uh, betrayed yeah um but because it's Gen, and I see enough of his work, um, he does not actually give a shit about any of that stuff. It's not very lurid. The thing he likes is the uh, the neurologist doctor who has been in like investigating the main character um, because she knows a little more than she's letting on, and she's just like 
anime old in that i mean she's probably like 28 and she's got green hair and a long coat and fucking pulls out a shotgun and goes i have to destroy the horrible flesh monster and that is the guy Ganarabochi is like intensely fixated on because that's the thing he likes in media is when cool ladies have guns <laughs> she's so cool the the approach of like all of the um saya stuff is very loaded and it's like it is less a you know uh it's not an underage porn game, right? It is a game about this media fixation. It's it's examining that in the way that like people talk about even Yelly and other and other media that is otaku stuff talking about these things. Yeah, uh, but it's however, also it's also what, like lurid in the way that like a Cronenberg thing is like kind of about this stuff, but also just kind yes. of revels in making a lurid thing, right? Yeah, but what I went to say was like that's how like the science scenes are when when there's one of those scenes it's always like oh and you know it, what fucked up desire does it say about the audience uh that they want this however no such introspection exists when it's like and then the hottest doctor in the world pulled out her shotgun and she was so cool and drove in her car with me there's a bit <laughs> she has a sawed off shotgun and the guy's like oh that gun seems really intense she's like yeah isn't it sick this gun's so cool it'd be illegal in america like a fucking <laughs> mic drop <laughs> it's so cool man (laughs) what a ridiculous thing um yeah uh it's got like three endings you can like i said you can see them all in under three hours i think the game is mostly really funny um because it just if you if you if you if you like horror media um and by that i don't mean like things that are spooky i just mean things that pull from horror tropes and you like the idea of like a body horror thing about um what if a sicko like smart boy turned out to be evil Maybe the evil's in him all along and all he needed was a perspective shift to tap into it kind of stuff. You know, real Death Note nonsense. It's not like ornate like Death Note is, but like it's pulling from the same energy of this is what guys are like inherently is that, you know, if their if their world shatters a little bit, they'll all turn into killers. Um, And I find that media goofy and fun. I had a great time. (laughs) It's it's a goofy. It's a goofy fucking video game. Uh, Yeah, uh, I really liked it. I I, am. We know we talked about it last time, but just every scene has like a new framing on the metaphor. Um, it just goes really far through like different angles of like a, initially it's like a disability thing, and it's like what is it like, you know, in this weird care relationship that you're in, and how yes. do you engage with that? But then it becomes about <laughs> being well, a sicko murderer, start eating people, and it, it really changes the tenor of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and then it's about the other guy, and like it just it just like takes this. Um, sci-fi premise and it's not a direct allegory so it just it just like changes the metaphor in basically every scene because it moves so fucking fast yeah um and i was just very impressed like damn gen's really got it he's just one of the greats when it came comes to this kind of writing yeah um yeah it's it's relatively cheap uh and if you're interested and you don't mind a game that like has the premise of it's gonna have some weird body horror stuff and you know the fundamental story is about a guy uh shacking up with what he thinks is like a young anime girl uh, i think there's stuff there uh, if yeah. that's not your speed obviously it's not worth pushing through uh, we told you the whole thing is that it's a goofy body horror thing um it's not deep you know like i think the game's really good but it's not like actually revolutionary in any way that matters no, when it gets to like make its big thematic points, I'm like, this is the most trite animation. Yes. I, again, you've done this better. You will go on to do these kind of ideas better, so, like by so much. Yeah, uh, I really want to read his. Um, he has a fucking what's that uh, Equilibrium fan visual novel that he made. Oh yes, um, I have to see Equilibrium at some point. I'm like, we should just do that for a blockbuster someday because <laughs> I'm never going to watch it otherwise. It doesn't technically count because I don't think that movie did very well, but I should. We should watch it. 
equilibrium uh, double bill with the the gen equilibrium fanfic oh my god people would eat that up that'd be a pretty good successful episode i think we might that have to think about doing that <laughs> we'd have the problem is we'd have to we couldn't watch this movie together because we'd have to no no, no we'd and... have to do prep in advance because we'd have to then play the video game after we finish the movie uh but put that put a pin in that as a funny thing to do eventually yeah uh people love oh. that but yeah and then um, I played through Atelier Sophie, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Book, uh, which is a you 2015 sure role-playing game for the PlayStation 4. It's for the PS3, PS4, Vita, and Windows. Um, two, of those, he, two of those four versions never came out in America, but I played it on my PS5. You, know. you um, well, like watching atelier youtube video, in the same way that i i sometimes watch fire emblem youtube videos about playing many fire emblem games just rotating the idea of look at look you know looking at atelier in your mind and then you start up playing this game no uh, no, no that went the other way is I, i've been wanting to play this game for a while because it is okay in tweets i've seen and various people held up is like Ryza happened, but Sophie's right around the same time, and Sophie's much more traditional of what Atelier is. So if you're like, all oh, Ryza's where they jump the shark to be populist uh, video games, which there are definitely people in the Atelier fandom who feel that way a little bit. Um, and I'm not quite there, but I have tried to play Ryza a couple times. I haven't gotten very far. I was like, I'm just going to play this one. I think the character designs look cool. Um, and I was in the mood for another Atelier since we played Atelier Verona way back in the day uh, on abnormal mapping. Yeah. Um. And then I got into Atelier YouTube, uh, just like okay. getting getting a sense of like what everything was in the in the franchises uh, and the the trilogies. Um, but uh, I played this game, and I think it's fucking good. Um, yeah, you fell hard. Yeah, so you you play as Sophie, and she has an Atelier shop that her grandmother owned, um, and she's passed away, and she took it over. Um, and it turns out that the in in the atelier shop is like this empty book that she starts putting recipes into. And the book turns out to be an alchemist from 500 years ago whose spirit is trapped in the book. And as you fill out the book, she starts regaining her memories. And Sophie's going to go and learn more recipes, uh, make uh, try to reestablish the shop as an important part of the town. And as doing that, fills out the book. And then as the book starts gaining memories, uh, reveals important rpg plots from 500 years ago um and as that goes on part of that is you decide that at some point that um the block on the memories is because she's a book and not a person books don't remember things people do and you decide you and your party decide you're going to build a doll body for uh plakta the book person to live in and you get her a doll body and now sophie has a wife and uh you can redesign her doll body because it's a doll body um, by like basically the alchemy system again, but it'll turn her into like a different costume with different stats, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, that's it. It's just kind of a nice slice of life thing. You go out exploring. There's no time limits. This one has zero time limits. Um, no pressure on that front at all. And you just hang out and make stuff and play through the RPG. Yeah, uh, I ended up being I think my end time ended up being close to 30 hours. Um, I I saw a good chunk, most of the video game. But then once I got to uh, there's like post game DLC stuff, I was like, I looked at what that was and I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. That's too grindy for me um, and did not experience that. But it's really good. I highly recommend it. I think it's really pleasant. Um, apparently, because um, this is the first of the Mysterious Trilogy, which is 
uh, Sophie, Fearis, and the one with two characters' names. Don't ask me. I'm not going to look it's it like up. like Eshiar and Loji or something? No, no, not that one. I don't oh. think it's that one. Um, yeah, okay. the the next one is um, Lydia and Suell. Esha and Loji is the middle game of the Dusk trilogy. Sure. Okay. Are they all in the same world or are they all in different worlds completely? So as far as I know, they're like meant to be separate things, but Logi from Esha and Logi, Logi is the blacksmith in this game, but it never comes up that he's a character from another Atelier game. He's just a blacksmith in this game. So, so are they just like in different settings? Is there like a single Atelier? It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> There's yeah. no central plot. So no, there's no central plot, um, but like it's mostly within the trilogies of the pl- like. So uh, last night, um, I was done with all my other stuff, so I started Atelier uh, Ferris, the Alchemist and the Mysterious Journey, uh, which is the sequel uh, to Sophie, and that's like a girl who lives in a mining town where they all live in a cave, and she's she wants to go out and explore the big world. She's never se- seen the open sky. Um, some real girl in the gone ship, but like as a slice of life girls thing. Um, and then um, Atelier and Plock or Sophie and Plockta burst into the world and uh they're just going on an adventure together um and are like we're setting up shop and they see this girl has an aptitude for alchemy so teach her just enough to get her excited to go out into the world and take her uh alchemist test and then fucking bounce because they're like you need to learn on your own uh, <laughs> real naruto showing up to inspire children and then fucking off to do other ninja missions um it's and, like when the pilot of a uh, TV show, network TV show spinoff, uh, yes. has to have the old guy be there for like the first yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, it's like, those are clearly in the same world, obviously, but I don't think you go to the same locations or anything. Um, and I know the third game, Sophie's just like a party member for whatever reason. I'm really excited to find out how that is. Um, um, and then Sophie was popular enough that there's a Sophie two that's specifically between Sophie and Fearis where, she gets isekai'd back to 500 years ago when Plakta was just, like, a normal person. Um, but that came out, like, after all of this, so I'm going to play it in order. Because um, that's a game from last year. Yeah, that's like a post-Riser yeah. developed game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great time. I think it's really good. It's, like, uh, relatively gentle. No time limits. That's the big thing. Um you can kind of just play at your own pace, which was nice because I just wanted a chill RPG to dump some time into. I've been kind of going through it this month and uh, it was great to just uh, come home and play for a couple hours and not think about anything other than what I'm going to, you know, fuse at my fucking base. Is around 30 hours the perfect RPG length? Yes. Uh, for modern RPGs. I think it's like closer to 20 when you get to like 2D games. Um but if you've got voice acting, there any more than thirty hours, and I'm like, this is going on a little bit long. Uh, yeah, that's really the difference: is voice acting and character animation really slow your fucking video game down. But you're not here for a hundred hour epics. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm here for a game I can knock out in a couple weeks. Um, not a thing that's going to like this is what I'm going to do for the next six months. Well, good luck when you finally try a trails game. Um, I don't think those are that long, are they? Trials of Cold Steel is 60 hours long, main story. I'm not starting with that one. Uh, Trials of the Sky is 40 and a half hours long, main story. Okay, I wonder how fast I... I tend to be under all of the... How long the beats, but... That's true, you do tend to be under the Helen's beats, but... Uh, I mean, the secret is I button through spoken dialogue. 
Oh, anytime they give you an animation you can skip, it's gone. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I have a sense of the character's voices. Boom, 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 boom. Um, The thing about Atelier that kind of sucks is um, Sophie and Fearis are the... After Fearis, they stop doing dubs. And I I played it in English, and I'm I'm going to miss it when it's gone. Uh, This is the Koei fucking promise. Bastards. They took and all the dubs. They've, they've like, done the classic thing where the producers like, if the games sell better, we could probably convince them to let us do dubs again. But that's not actually happening. Fuck off! They're selling way better now, and yeah. they're still not doing dubs. So, yeah, Rise uh, is all in English or all in Japanese. So you know, this is like Dynasty Warriors had dubs for like 15 years and then suddenly didn't. Yeah. Um, it's just nice because it's a game with a lot of like you know you're in battle barks and they never mm-hmm. translate those. You know, like I yeah. want to have those in uh, in English. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I need the, to hear the, her go. I've done it like eight hundred times when I'm fusing. So. That's the power <laughs> of the Keyblade. <laughs> yes, exactly. Imagine if Sora, instead of that, said it in Japanese, but it wasn't subtitled. Uh, I, mm, I, I could probably go find that, but yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it in a single uh, no, no, it's Google fine. search. I'd have to go scrub. Yeah, you have to find Japanese let's plays of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I'd be like, well... Who's be... even the voice actor for Sora in Japan? Uh, we looked this up at one point. Sora, Japanese, VA. Uh, uh, Miu it... Irino. Uh, who the fuck is that? Uh, Shoya in a silent voice. Oh, yeah, okay. He was Haku and spirited away. Um... Anything else we know? Fair enough. No, He's a really. singer. He has, al- he has a couple albums. He's he's gone on hiatus to study abroad. He got married. This is it. This is what I've got. Yeah, he's sure. he's the voice of Parappa in Parappa the Rapper anime. Uh, he's the the main character in our favorite television show, Code Geass Akira the Exiled. He's gonna be a voice in Gundam Double O. Sure is. Yep. Anyway, that's it for me. I also um, finished the game club for next month, but that's not yeah, no. Just a, ahead of the curve on that one. Been gaming. Yeah. That's that's where a lar- that's honestly where most of my time went, because that game was longer than Atelier Sophie. Now but I've been playing and, it for two months. <laughs> yeah. Now you and Neve have to not talk about that on uh, Longfire. Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll talk about Gundam instead. If you want to listen to me be excited about Gundam, you can't get it Don't on GGP anymore. GGP. You have to go <laughs> around the Longfire at normalmapping.com slash Longfire, which is my podcast by Atlantic Sagas. It comes out most Thursdays. Yeah. Your last episode, uh, Nia's watched so much Gundam and you're just remembering like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. G Gundam wasn't so bad. Yeah. Um, uh, things you can it. only say in the middle of kind of seed uh we have nothing else so we should probably get into our uh, game club this month let's do it
our game club this month is Potion Craft, uh, which is developed by Nice Play Games, published by Tiny Build. It seems like they did some dev work on it. I was trying to look this up. Um, it's a thing with small publishers. There's not a lot of information about them out there in the world. Um, anyway, this game released in early access in 2021. It finally hit final version in December of 2022, uh, which well, is when it hit Game Pass. Yes? It hit 1.0. They're continuing to add oh, updates yes. and entire That's new true. systems. Yes. Um, seems like the pace of potion craft development hasn't really changed it just hit 1.0 okay well it, it was out of early access as of then and that's when i came on my radar yes um the um the actual thing that i uh the reason i discovered this game uh because this is like one of those that would not necessarily be in my wheelhouse is um youtubers doing like playing like demo versions or whatever uh because mm-hmm. i just watch some gaming youtube sometimes and i just thought it sounded kind of neat it seemed like uh one of those mechanical games briefly to explain what the game is you run a small potion shop um and you gather ingredients and you brew potions kind of with a like simple cooking system where you grind up the materials put them in the pot stir the pot and it moves uh the little potion icon on a map uh that represents like the, all the recipes you can make and as you go across that big map you land on certain potions and give them effects like fire or dexterity or invisibility or whatever and then you brew those potions and you sell them to keep people come into your shop and specifically ask for certain potions uh, there's like a almost like a d- diner dash style revolving door though with no time pressure of people asking for stuff or they want to sell you something or they have some rumors or whatever and they just move through and then your day ends and you go to sleep and you start all over the next day. Um, yeah. I wanted to do kind of a mechanically focused game because they're out of our wheelhouse. The, the the one that like is really cool is the Opus Magnum, but that game is way too hard. I've played a little bit of that and that we we could not do it. I would just it would just be about us having a hard like the game is hard. It's an intense logic puzzle. Um, I didn't want to do like an like a. Uh, factorio kind of game that's all about like super micromanaging because we're just not those people um and it'd mostly be about us talking about how we're not those people um this in some ways like bridges the gap between those games and something like um like power wash simulator or like house flipper in that kind of just like there's a there's a loop that once you learn it is kind of mindless and you just do the loop as you chill out video games that are very popular but not a thing that abnormal mapping is necessarily drawn to or covers and that's why I was like this is uh, this is like an interesting two birds with one stone out of our wheelhouse little game and I also I really like the woodcut style of the video game yeah so that's why I picked it <laughs> um the aesthetic of the game is really cool yes uh it's all like old-timey drawings on not parchment but like medieval paper right is yes, the aesthetic yeah. they're leaning towards yeah um and it's cute it's good looks good yeah um, this is like a, a a low like a nice cra- handcrafted vibe to it all that just looks like old art um it's pleasant for a game with like literally five screens <laughs> yes as you go between them back and forth yeah. um see i don't really know where to where to begin other than like um it wasn't really what i expected i guess uh i kept being drawn in different directions um based on my own experience with sort of similar games um because it's superficially similar to like a lot of games but uh there is such a wide so these games about like doing a thing that is uh a task that is repeated a lot 
uh, and then there's like a light economic and narrative system on top of it yeah. uh, is a wide ranging thing. Like you have games like Coffee Talk and Valhalla or whatever on the narrative side. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't like Valhalla at all, but that's because of the writing. That's nothing because of like, I, li- I really like the uh, making drinks and then there's a story happening. But like, yes. What uh, if you put that in a game that didn't have uh, offensive s- characters and stories in it? <laughs> That'd be nice. Yes. I'd love that. Again, I, I didn't have to like turn off in half an hour because I was furious. <laughs> like the I played the whole thing. You can listen to a novel yeah. I knew about that years and years ago on Abnormal Mapping. Years ago, oh. yeah. Um, but uh, so that's like a similar thing. And then you know, the customer comes in and you make them a drink, but then here it's a potion. But like here, there's no. They don't talk to you about anything. And um, in 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 that game, like the uh, um drink making is so simple that it's just like a task to do as you uh, yeah. present through narrative where this is like okay you're going to focus on making these potions and making the potions and exploring the map as you realize like the mechanics of what making potions actually does like yeah. it took me three days to even realize that i could um uh like manipulate the map in I didn't realize how much I could manipulate the map, and then I realized how much I could manipulate the map, and there was like at least five different realizations where I had that. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize I could uh, go down the line all the way, or oh, I didn't realize I could get uh, it, this is how I do triple strength potions and stuff like that. Yeah, um, a lot of it is balancing. Like, I need to make I need to make another fucking health potion for these idiots who keep injuring themselves. Yeah. But I need to be squirreling away supplies so that in between those guys, I can go exploring to try to unlock new recipes by like going to the outer edges of like what alchemy can do. Right. Yeah. And I initially started out like, um, I would just make things on request. I wasn't like explore because I didn't realize how the ex- to me. I might have realized that the exploring on the map was how I got to new recipes. Yeah. Which uh, unlock people asking for them basically yeah that's not always one-to-one but um because especially like later on they ask you they they ask you the, your chapter quests help you explore the map right but like you can go out on your own and get ahead of that curve uh if you want i i was significantly behind the curve. I, I, because i i got through the first chapter but i didn't realize that i was on unlo- the way unlocking worked um I, I kind of like stumbled through it but the game is also like if you don't You'll like lose reputation if you don't fulfill the requests. But yes. you'll just eventually go to sleep and you know try again tomorrow. That like that was the other side of it was I was expecting a kind of like racketeer or papers please style of this game of like there's a task you do and then there's like economic pressure on how you can perform that. No, um, I mean the numbers going down only gives is like oh you have to make them go back up again. You just fall down the rankings a little bit. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not like a business simulator in the way I expected it to fold into that sense. Um, and didn't it? it was all it was all about the exploring the map and the potions yeah um and uh uh i i quite i quite liked it it definitely isn't it's not something i would like choose to do i feel like um my like my initial reaction was like this just takes a, a weirdly a lot of effort like i have to really line up the thing to get yes. the right uh boosted potion uh, yeah especially um, if you want those level threes it's like a whole nightmare um yeah and Which, i, I, I the, the, the thing yeah. the thing with that is that once you once you can reliably create a level three you just save that recipe so you don't have to do it again yes uh <laughs> but i was surprised at how like no this is much more intricate about the like making of things i was expecting something that was more of like a and then you relax as you get more equipment numbers go up type thing yes. whereas the numbers is kind of just incidental to the in enjoying the potiony crafts yes the only thing that changes is um, 
once you start being able to make like salts and stuff that mostly directly affect the way the potion travels through the map um yes which allows you to really finesse or do weird shit with that stuff yeah like so so i i starts out and i'm um just making potions as they come in mm-hmm. and then i realized that like oh no i should be following the lines on the map to get yeah. to the new potions they also exploring the map gets you a bunch of experience which helps a lot yes. too and then i realized like oh i can use the the thing to bring myself back and collect experience that way and then you're like oh shit the, the wormholes can teleport me yeah um and i just kind of like fell into those discoveries in a way that was quite pleasant mm-hmm. um I, I played this game for a few hours um doing this on, on over a few days and then like yesterday after i was uh mostly done with the, i hadn't like completely finished it or anything but i was like getting my fill uh ready to talk about a thing went and watched some youtube videos and watched the guy who knew what he was doing start from the start i was like this is just a different fucking video game <laughs> oh i bet as he's like okay and you immediately make the, the three strength potion and you immediately go here and do this and then like with by day two has traveled uh all across the map to get all the things and i was like jesus that's god damn it <laughs> um I think this is like the strength of the game in that the lack of the the lack of the extrinsic pressure means that like I could just stumble through it. I could just make these discoveries messing about with it. Mm. Um uh it is a game that clearly supports a kind of efficient micromanaging, uh, but it's not required because there's no there's no goals other than to like level up your chapter book. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, this is just one of like one of those classic kind of make your own like you you play it because you find the loop fun and you yes. just sit down and do the loop kind of time waster games. And I mean, I don't even mean that in derogatory way necessarily. It's just this is a whole style of game that's just not because we come from games crit space. We just don't play we play games that have endings and narratives. Um, yeah. And when we're getting involved with like systems games like this that are about repeating things it's mostly about this thing have the jump button right or this thing yeah. an rpg that you can do this uh and uh it's like this game reminded me of when i was stuck in class uh uh and i was like you know fairly young don't remember whatever it class all messing about the computer we haven't yet installed quake 3 on it this will happen at some point in my memory <laughs> um but all we have is like the fucking chemical like education program and i'm just like making mixing things to literally just this game but not gamified uh as i'm like mixing different things to form like the pink liquid which you mix with this one i, I, don't, I don't remember what this program was but was struck by a strong sense memory of not paying attention to class and instead making weird liquids in this uh chemical simulator because there's only educational programs on this computer and it's mm-hmm. less i'm not paying attention to um and i think the game like uh really uh really dials into that just like curiosity for its own sake uh like even when you unlock the 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 basement it's not it's not like it becomes a fucking clicker game and now you're automating it uh yeah no it's so you have to explore the map uh here's the interesting thing about this game we don't really cover games like this is at some point i was like I want to know what the like if there's a mod scene. Turns out there is because this game is like kind of meant to just be like a make your own fun. Like even after you finish, because I finished the main plot of the video game, and after mm-hmm. you finish chapter ten, it's like go nuts. There's still like, you can still explore and make potions your heart content. Like the game does not end; it just kind of kicks you loose. Um, 
I feel like the implication is people are going to be able to like make their own scenarios, right? Is that what they're building towards? It feels like that's what they're building towards. I assume so. I know one of the things that's planned is more like karmic NPC because there's a whole karma system about choosing yes. good or evil things. Um, Doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> no, but like eventually there's going to be like that will affect which merchants you can and can't interact with. Yeah. Um. So yes, I think there's stuff like that about like just adding a few more systems of complexity on top of things. Yeah. Um, uh, so I went through and found, um, I, I was just looking for mods and I found a list of mods. And so I ended up modding my game to like cut out the parts I did not find necessarily interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's one that just auto haggles to the best price. Um, oh, because I, I I never want to haggle again. I'm like, I can hit the button on the, on the little gap as much as you want. I'm really good at it, but it's annoying. <laughs> I'm mostly good at it, but I actually think it's a really bad because th- there's a little stutter when you press the A button every time and you have to really get used to it. It's not going to move when you, you know, it's not a rhythm game. If, yeah. if, if in Guitar Hero, when you hit a note, they, then like pause the hitch for a second. That's kind of like what the Haggle mini game is like. Yeah. Um, I found a mod that allows you to just store as many recipes as you want. Um, oh, that would be so nice. Because having to like buy paper space for the recipes and there's like limited spaces was really annoying. It it changes the burden because then the burden becomes if you save too many recipes, it's laborious to try to find the one you want at any given time, <laughs> yes. um, which I think was fun in its own way. And then there's one that allows you to use the like wild growth and rich harvest potions on your own garden to get more garden ingredients. Because I thought the garden I- ingredients were stingy as fuck. I think that's I think that's coming. The, ne- the next upgrade, the, the devlog on April 12th says Garden 2.0, new plot system, work in progress. I think that's the next thing that's coming to Good, the game. Because I think the, the garden feels too slow. It feels like a really hard limiter on your ability to do stuff. Yeah, the list of upcoming features is garden upgrades and planting management, um, which I, I'm surprised that like you're making these potions and some of them are about growth and it doesn't it doesn't feed back into the garden system. Yes. That's just like a little seed. Yeah. Um, Every day you get a little bit of free uh, items. Um, and then there's new talents, new substances and salts, uh, alchemical gear upgrades and shop customization, new merchants and customers, unique maps and potion bases, new ingredients. Yeah, types, more maps would be great. Uh, save system for legendary recipes, new recipe books, new goals, features, sounds. I'm like, they say, like I said, it, it was it hit 1.0, but they, they're still making the video game. It'll be... I- like yeah. um towards the end of the game like so about halfway in you get uh oil instead of water as your base that it changes yes. the map um and right near the end of the game i got wine but there wasn't a map associated with it but it was like implied that it would have and i don't i just don't think it exists yet <laughs> yeah uh the image on the new unique maps and potion bases is like the wine grapes <laughs> okay that's uh, cool <laughs> so yes they are expanding that stuff uh because that is cool um because uh, I think the maps are a little too big. I, I would prefer smaller. <laughs> they're, they're very, they're very big. Uh, sometimes it's fun when you go on a big, long expedition. But you want like... you want the Zodiac job system version of the maps. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, we're we're instead of like two or three ingredient, uh, two to three bases. I would like there to be ten bases. And they all have really small, like focus maps. Can only do certain things. That would be really neat. I don't want to like do more than four jumps. Yeah. As I'm going around, like yeah, once uh, especially if you're in like exploratory mode, there's ones where I'm just dumping like 20 different ingredients in to get. I, I've like gone through three portals. I've just I'm going forever. Uh, yeah, like like there's that stuff, uh, which um, it's it's fine. Like it, it's part of the game, right? It, it is clearly yeah. uh, 
that kind of, it's like a, a cave diving game in, in many ways um, yes and i think it actually really works as like a metaphor uh like they it is very hard to make a cooking game that isn't just maths yes um, and this is still math it's all numbers but like they're like oh i just need a dash more of this thing to, to get me in that direction uh yeah. i think i think that part like is really smart that part works yeah. really well the part where it's about like you are reaching the the limits of knowledge in your magic by throwing shit in a pot and seeing what happens and literally a representation of your travel to the extremes. And then, mm-hmm. oh, I'm reach. I feel like I'm it's cohering into something. And then you get you unlock a mysterious new effect is really good. That part's really rewarding. Yes. Uh, and then people are good. still going to ask for the same fucking growth potion and light potion. You're like, yeah, OK. <laughs> You know, I could make like an invisibility thing that turns you into cat and you can fly in the sky. Right. And like, no, I, I really need a health potion, please. And I really hate if there are mushrooms in it. Could you please make it no mushrooms? Oh, the fucking ingredient request. <laughs> Nothing makes me more annoyed when I'm like, okay, I've got my thing. They're like, oh, hey, uh, can you make this potion super strong? But don't give me this ingredient you always use in that recipe. I'm like, for fuck's sake. No, well, you know what I do no. then is I just make it the one. <laughs> They'll pay me less. <laughs> Fuck you. No special requests. This is not a burger joint. Go to McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the way in which uh, it, the grind is like kind of juxtaposed to the like craft is, I think, really fun. Because like unlocking high levels, sometimes they'll add, someone will be like, I need a I need a potion that'll make me invisible and super strong. You're like, fuck, yes, yeah, someone knows what they want. Um, but most of the time, it's like the most boring shit in the world. <laughs> uh, it's usually like, hey, uh, I fell over. Yeah. I fell over. I need I need an explosive potion to open a locked door. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was traveling and there was a landslide. Could you fucking help me out, mate? I'm like, sure, whatever. Um it's that part is very funny in that like it doesn't have like I said, it doesn't have the papers please thing where like it's not about the ways in which bureaucracy or like c- capital creates uh antagonism, but it it still is a game about how fucking customers just keep asking for the most annoying things. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, like I say, it's not, it doesn't, like, there are games where that is like a systemic point being made with the mechanics, whereas that, it's kind of not, not like emphasized here, but it's still annoying. You're still like, for God's sake, all these fucking people asking shit of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I end up having a good time. It's weird because like, I, th- I look at games like this and they're games I always like wish I could get to. Part of the reason I picked this is like, I'd been, this has been on my like two playlist for a while. And I knew it was one of those where I was never going to actually get to it unless I just found a like reason to make it work. And, uh, you know, we're looking for games that are relatively light on, uh, inputs. Um, and I was like, this is perfect. Uh, it's also like, we haven't done a game like this since Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. And the Tycoon games are so like, sold themselves so much on like we have scenarios and like end goals even though that's not how anyone typically plays them they actually play them closer to games like this where you just kind of load it up and fuck around a bit <laughs> yeah you just build a roller coaster yeah you just build how many people can i murder in this roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> or is that doing on roller coaster tycoon 2 these days how how many years of, <laughs> can i make this coaster run i think that has, they made that coaster that's longer than the entire length of the universe yeah um saw that youtube video going around I was like good job everyone glad that yeah. uh, open rct is going well yeah um and uh like on the other end there's the, the like you know house flippers and power washers which are similar like this but a little more input heavy like those are about like you gotta get out your mouse and hold down the button as you 
clean off a thing. And I was like, those seemed fun and rewarding in similar ways, but it was a little more, you want something light on your hands. And I feel like every time I look at Power Simulator, I'm like, this game seems really fun, but it also seems like it's going to make my hand cramp. Um, yeah, but it's also way lighter. Yeah, uh, like that's ment- true. Like that's a podcast game. Yes. Or is this you have to you just the thing you have to focus on is like the precision of lining things up just yes. enough to like I couldn't like I was listening to the podcast I was playing it and I was assuming this would be like a I'm gonna spend a few hours playing this but also checking Twitter and also listen, you know the relaxing evening game that is not taking up 100 percent of your attention but it ended up being more um focus heavy than I expected because of like the emphasis was just different than than yes. how I thought. Uh, I thought it'd be much more like a I'm making some simple things and selling them type economics game. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Power Wash Simulator, uh, that's a game about just like, you know, you are holding the, the button, but you're just kind of like pointing at the darts. Uh, that's there's true. no like lining up delicacy there. You can't overcorrect and do something wrong. Yeah. I played through uh, House Flipper right around when it came out and blew up. Um, and um, I just remember that game being like, I would sit and put on a podcast and it was great for that. It was like, yeah, I'm going to kill two hours doing this, but I just remember my hand hurting every single time by the time I was done yes. mousing over the 8,000 things you have to mouse over. Uh, yeah. This game is so I wanted to fine. spare you. It, I mean, yes, you did mostly spare me, but it is uh, kind of the most wrist-annoying game ever as you have to fucking rotate the... Uh, you have to oh, do yes. manually um, you know, stir, stir the potion the pot, every yes. time. Yeah. Uh, so I switched to controller and it was a bit easier on, on the oh, controller. Oh, how is the controller? I did not play it on controller, uh, but... It it works surprisingly well. It's a little mm. annoying switching between things and when you're using the D-pad versus the analog stick. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. But the actual controls are fairly logical. Um, um, there are limitations, uh, but within those limitations, I think it's done really well. Okay. Obviously, with that, you don't get mods, which is, uh, or you, you will because you play on PC, but like if you're playing on like Game Pass, that's the one downside. Uh, console versions with them mods in them. I, I didn't install any mods, so. Yeah. I just thought it was, uh, it, it, it took out all the things I found especially bullshit and let me focus mostly on exploring the map and selling potions, which is all I really wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I I definitely believe in these type of games where like I want the capacity to choose the parts of the games that I if I'm invested in like aspect A of four different aspects I would like to be able to just not do the other three aspects ever. Yeah, I mean <laughs> there's, there's no difference between that and like every single time you play a CRPG you're turning off uh, combat. <laughs> if I can if I can help it, yeah. Yeah, like you know, we played Planescape. We just modded in the thing that gave us all the stats, so we didn't yeah. have to. We just clicked on enemies, and they just died because we didn't care. Yeah, this is why. This is why uh, Disco Elysium, one of the greatest games ever made. Oh, yeah, they just fucking did it for us. They were like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, do you like the bit where this game about exploring cities and talking to people and having like conversations becomes a kind of really annoying click on things to have combat game?" No, I did not. I did not love that actually. <laughs> There's one fight in Disco Elysium, and it's all done in the narrative, and it's the sickest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have that much else for Potion Craft. Yeah, I don't have that much else. I'm, I'm glad we did it. Um, I had a surprisingly decent time, but it was like, it's just not my kind of game. No, no, no. But I was, I was glad we played it, and I wish I, I wish I allowed myself the time to spend more time in these. Like, I should go play Power Wash Simulator, you know? But yeah. uh, I just am so, like... When I have time for games, I'm just going to try to play through stuff that I mean to get to that I can complete, which is on me for overvaluing that probably. But I do because this is the job we do. Um, I'm not quite that. Like, I'll play a game. Yeah, you're much more. You're much less like this than me. 
Um, my actual difference is like I'll generally gravitate towards more the like mindless numbers go up version of this. Yeah. Uh, like I'll play a tower defense game, and you'll never be caught dead playing. A tower oh, defense I tower game. defense might be my least favorite genre of video game. So, um, which is uh just a different f- form of vibing video games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything uh, anything else specific for this segment, but um, cool game, cool game to play. If you'd like to send in questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. They can be about the game we're covering or anything else. Uh, our first email is from Ancient Mecca. Um, as a teen, I got grounded fairly often. 
Unfortunately, my mom is not particularly tech savvy or observant. I did all the basic ploys of sneaking games while grounded, going to a friend's house to do homework, going to my dad's house, not telling him I was grounded because they weren't talking to each other. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I mean, I know Angie Mecca's not here, but how can you go to someone else's house when you're grounded? That's not sneaking. That's well, just not being grounded. If it's your other parent, I think that is different. Oh, friend's house. It's weird because, like, I definitely, because I was the kid I was, my parents, when I was briefly grounded, it was like no video games, no internet. But if I went outside, they didn't care. Because that that's like that's what they wanted me to do anyway, was go outside and I be guess like that's an true. active child. Um I don't think I ever got I got I got punished, obviously, but I don't think I got like grounded in that way. Mm. Uh I just got in trouble. Um so ancient story. While rummaging through shit stored in our guest bedroom, I came across a tiny old black and white TV that could run on something like eight D cell batteries, sensibly for use during hurricanes, never really used. Still had the wall power adapter stuffed in the battery compartment. I stashed it away in my closet, and for a time, whenever I was grounded, I'd sneak my PlayStation into my room one component at a time and hook it up to the little Storm TV via the RF adapter. Um, <laughs> I'd make a blanket t- next to my bed to block the light and stay up all night playing Final Fantasy VII. Told my mom about it years later. She had no idea I ever did it. So do you have any shenanigans that were like this that you got up to while you're grounded? Did it work? Um... You were not grounded, apparently. No, I mean, I have things that have nothing to do with video games, but, like, my thing was just, like, hiding food because my mum was, just, you know, I have I don't have fun things. I have, like, my mum oh, was have, super... Oh, you have a disordered eating family trauma thing. <laughs> yeah, I have disordered eating family trauma of, like, if I ever wanted to eat something that wasn't, you know, here's exactly what we're eating today, uh, I have to fucking smuggle it in, like, contraband to my house, uh, which is way less healthy than just having a cake sometimes. Yeah. Um, bad 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 bad. my um my only version of this is i would stay up late playing the original ass game boy with like one of those fucking light adapters you plugged into the like side port um and uh ruining my eyes playing fucking like mortal Kombat game boy one of the worst games ever made but i didn't have that many game boys when i was really young um and uh my parents not wanting me to like i would hide under the covers and do that because i wasn't supposed to be up playing that stuff um by by like my teens my parents were not grounding me and didn't really care what i did because i by then i had sleep madness where i was just a person who would be up till like five in the morning and all anytime i could get away Ooh. with it um oh no back when i was a night owl I, it was real bad all the time um i i never the net, i wasn't like that i was always i was like i would wake up at like six in the morning to play lego stars for an hour before everyone else woke up um, my teen years basically from like 11 to like 27 <laughs> I'm gonna say, um, I was like, my, whenever yeah. i could my goal was to like be up until dawn and then sleep until like afternoon whenever i could get away with it that's crazy because you do not live that you <laughs> no, haven't lived like that the entire time you've known me which is when you were 27 so yeah. <laughs> these days if i sleep past 8 a.m it's a fucking miracle <laughs> uh yes no, I, I was in the, I was backwards in the, from the majority of my teens, um, because I, I always, I had to get up really early and, and I had a half an hour bus ride to go to school. Uh, and it was like a 20 minute walk to the bus. Going to school was an ordeal for me. I went to school way too far from where I was. It wasn't fucking mm-hmm. worth it. Um, but until I was 16, like th- there was no, it was, there was no conversation. I was asleep by 11 because I had to be, uh, unless I didn't want to fucking sleep. And then when I, um, started going to sixth form, 
uh I, my sleep changed a little and that was when i was like watching movies till three uh, i was still you i was still waking up early because you know i was 16 it was you know what's what's the worst that could happen <laughs> invincible um and uh yeah but the, my big change was like uh I, I could never really use that time for gaming uh because i didn't have a tv in my room until i was over 18 oh yeah i had a tv in my room for most of my teen years uh i i it was never like able to privately game i had to just use the tv downstairs uh which is just the family tv there's only one tv in the house um and my mom my mom was very very anti-gaming for most of my childhood was like trying to stop me now i'm like if you'd let me play games with her actually that was more helpful to my job uh than everything else uh and she goes your life's stupid and i go yes it is (laughs) (laughs) um uh mary writes in if you lived in a dragon quest style archetypal medieval fantasy world what role would you choose to take um hmm is this asking what like class we would be or more just like the uh, the options were like apothecary adventurer merchant if you just want to say class you can pick a class too i was like i guess i would i would probably just be like uh like uh smithy you know the armor smith um i'm on the throne <laughs> well yeah sure uh, i pick world peace <laughs> fuck off <laughs> no i'm not picking world peace i'm picking uh, i'm on the fucking throne no that's the same thing i didn't mean literally world peace i mean like oh i'm gonna completely you know break this question by saying i pick i'm king if i fuck could be you. whatever I, I think a lot of people given their all, all infinite options would not choose king i think i have the disposition to be king <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't know. Like, I would also choose king if it was an option. But the, would the you, spirit would you of this actually... question, would I choose king in a yeah. Dragon Quest world? Yeah, I mean, depends on which generation of king. Because if I'm like, if like, if I have a 12 year old daughter, then I'm fucked. I'm about to get super murdered. Uh, if I'm like a jolly old <laughs> king. Uh, but if I'm like a young, cool king who's just come back from a quest, then I'm, then I'm in it. Then I'm, then I'm the best guy. Um, That's fine. I feel like my options. So my options are king, obviously, chancellor, who might be shady, but mostly just like is the power behind the throne, or priest. Those are my three choices I would want. I thought this was a question about like who in the village were you? Uh, Pre up for the priest then. You're the priest. You stand around until someone comes back with half a party and revive them. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, is this game ever going to be about the church? No, it will not. Don't worry about it. They're just priests here. Uh, you don't want Dragon Quest to be about the church. No, I don't. It's just really funny because, like, in any other game uh, where there's a church, the church would at some point be plot relevant. Never once. Uh, yeah. There's a Dragon Quest game about literal angels coming from heaven, and the church part of Dragon Quest does not get roped into it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Nine's about angels. Sure. I mean, like. <laughs> There's a god in Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest 3 begins with you speaking to God. Yes. It's like the opening scene of the game. Yeah. Uh, also doesn't tie into the church in any, any way. The church is just where you respawn. Dragon Quest is great. Yeah. Um, Hilver writes in, I'm not normally a big fan of programming type games because it's too close to my day job and it's too similar to tasks I do for work. What part of your daily life do you think would make an interesting mechanic or something that you don't like doing in games because it's close to your job? Thankfully, games do not replicate spreadsheet work, which is what I do for my day job every day. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, hmm. 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 I don't have. I mean, like the things I do besides abnormal mapping are just 
you know, I'm disabled in the UK, so I don't have like a, a day job. Um, and when I've been attempting to get one, it's just been writing. So like, it's not, I don't have like a craft I can talk about in this way, I guess. Mm. And I know you're just doing spreadsheets. Yeah. Which is just one step up from, from not having a craft. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue it's the, it's the dominant craft of uh, people in the world in 2023. Absolutely. Not people in the world, maybe middle-class people in America. No, middle-class in America. Yes, that's true. Uh, absolutely not people in the world dwindling even in america yeah well thankfully i work in an industry that's pretty resistant to that uh yeah no you got your gig you got your gig (laughs) the rare gig where it's still like the 70s yeah i mean i don't have a pension but i have like you know my retirement plan's nice and my health insurance is good which is more than i can say for most people (laughs) yeah no uber you're not gonna gig economy your job anytime soon no just lucky anyway that's just a uh Talk I've never worked a job. Are. I've never worked a job where I think I would like want to gamify it or think you even could gamify it. It's all been stupid office work, which is like the most unreal thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick writes in, what is a game that you've most wanted to replay? And what is the part of the game that holds you back from doing that? Rick's answer is Ogre Battle 64. Um, but each of those maps is too slow and the game gets so long and I just can't be bothered. So fair enough. Um to replay yeah what's a game you're like i'd love to replay this but i just can't mine star ocean 2 which is a game i desperately loved but i don't have 80 hours uh for all the fiddly bits uh if i was going to spend that time i'd put it into three other rpgs that i haven't played yet um and also like i just know i just remember that game being like oh if i want to get all the like private actions i need a guide to make sure i don't miss any of them because the windows on those are so narrow um and i just it you know i do that for work when i want when i'm playing games for work like uh but i'm not going to do that for fun as much anymore like i'm playing atelier just without a fucking guide just load up the game if i get stuck somewhere i'll look it up and i'll find a forum post for game faqs of someone having the exact same problem and someone helps them out and that's all you need for video games ideally that's true uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have any other answers other than that. Like, mine would be like, you know, we did them for for podcasts, but I have never, haven't sat down and and uh, played the uh, ten and ten two like super bosses, right? To really dig into that combat and and those RPGs as like video games, uh, yeah, because they're like some of my favorite games. But I, it's the same reason. I don't have eighty hours lying around, and if I did, <laughs> they'd go on new things. Uh, yeah. So. Um, but you can insert that justification for about a million RPGs. It's all RPGs. I'm trying to think of like a non-RPG where I have an answer where like, here's a game I'd like to play, but there's an annoying thing standing in the way. And I don't, I don't have one. I don't have like... These days, if I'm going to replay something that there's like one bit that really sucks, I'm going to try to get around it. I'm going to find a mod or a cheat or something. Uh, not for me. There was a like a prompt going around about like the worst water level in video games. And uh-huh. um, a lot of people were saying a lot of things. Uh, they were all wrong, of course, because obviously the correct answer is that fucking terrible water level in Ninja Gaiden Black. Jesus Christ. Worst I thing think, ever. I, I think my game. least favorite water level might be the sewers in Shadows of the Empire. Uh, well, I haven't played that and I don't ever <laughs> intend to. You keep going, yeah. oh, we should play Shadow of the Empire. But like, no, I won't no, be I don't, that. No, I don't actually think you should play Shadows of the Empire. No, I, I think if, I've never I think thought... if you're going to play a Star Wars game, you should play either Dark Forces, which just rips, or you should play uh, Rogue Squadron, which also rips. To be fair, I've never actually thought when you have told me that I should play Shadow of the Empire, that you sincerely thought that I should spend time <laughs> playing Shadow of the Empire. Well, next one's game is going to be Shadows of the Empire. No, it's not. See, and that's that is how I took you saying it. It's exactly what you did right there. That's how I read it. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, Cryo, Cryo writes in, uh, for a period of few weeks, I streamed Dead Rising with some friends playing start to finish, had a blast. But disaster struck when it came time to play Dead Rising 2. The Dead Rising 2 PC port apparently has controller support for the Xbox 360 controller, but not the Xbox One controller I was using. So I had to switch to keyboard and mouse, and it felt odd enough that I ended up abandoning my playthrough. You have, you ever played a, have you ever played a different game with a different controller setup that fell off? Uh, either d- had newer PowerPoint or the modern controller, or controller peripherals not working, etc. How do you fix it first? Let's let's fix Cryo's problem. Uh, that I know there is um, I don't know what it is, but uh, it was when I was is this one of those like X input direct input things. Yeah, there, there was this thing. Um, like there's there's the Steam overlay, which I think will probably work now. This might have been a while ago because like I'm fairly sure Steam just does this built in. You can switch in there. But if that doesn't work, then um, I will have to look up what the specific program is. But like I know there is a program that if you like you put it in the uh, directory, you load it up, uh, it'll uh, substitute for a, a 360 controller. Uh, I remember using this for like Assassin's Creed One, the PC port and Binary Domain. Um, uh, two games looked 360 controller and uh, having to deal with them uh so these these are things i know out there i haven't i haven't done this in, in a few years but i'm fairly sure you can fix that anyway uh trying to think of uh examples of this um there is if you google this there's a steam community answer um that in, you could just like download a, a controller emulator program like a middle manager of this but there is a way to do it by uh changing the drivers to the xbox one controller this is like a microsoft broke compatibility in this weird way specifically oh it's on windows because i i i remember using an xbox one i was not using a 360 controller when i played dead rising 2 on pc yeah at some point Um, with an update in windows 10 it broke this one thing and there's a way to do it by rolling back controller drivers Oh yeah, now I can see the exact the yes. exact guide on Dead Rising 2 from 2017 which was after I had played Dead Rising 2. Yeah. Um yeah. So, check that out. Always always Google for the solution if you have a problem with this. So, I had this weird this is my weird one. I played Arkham Asylum on 360. Um and then by the time Arkham City came out, I moved to PS3. Um and just the buttons being different, I remember having the hardest time getting back into the rhythm of just like gliding and grappling um because i was using a different controller that's my like big like one i always think about when this comes up uh yes um i mean i I don't think i've had this that problem with these controllers i usually have it when there's like switching between a nintendo and someone like you know when the a and b button get get flipped oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's Um, fair i appreciate the modern video game um just pointing on the diamond which button you need to hit i like that as a change overall um yeah i i I feel like the trend towards monochromatic ui is really annoying the monochromatic part is unfortunate but in a world where there's three different controller setups and on one of them all the buttons are inverted uh like names i like just where on the diamond you hit up left right or down yes no the part where the a b x y are just fucking backwards on the xbox nintendo one is really annoying yes um, I'm used to it. I don't really think about it much anymore. My thing is whenever I play um, games like 64 games on another on a different controller, I just the, the analog stick does not feel right for my sense memory of what a 64 game felt like. Because mm-hmm. it's true. They just don't feel the same. Um, I kind of feel that way whenever I play a GameCube, like a game I played originally on GameCube. Also, I'm like, this just I wish I had a game controller, but I like I don't have a I don't think I have a GameCube controller in this house. anymore. I might have one. But I'm not going to bother to plug it into my computer or something, you know? Uh, yeah. 
I guess my equivalent is like I briefly tried to play some Metal Gear Solid uh, three on the Xbox version uh, that doesn't have the uh, pressure buttons, and it was difficult to get used to. It mm-hmm. felt it felt off. Um, I'm sure if I like actually spent more time with it, I would be able to. Um, yeah. But uh, every other time I've played on the PS3 version, where the uh, it's not triggers, it's, it's R2 and R1 buttons. It just fe- feels better on that controller. Uh, alas, I didn't bring it to PC like they should have at the time, and now it's never coming back again. So rip, rip, rip. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex writes in with a bunch of questions. <laughs> Here's Let's every go. question about potions I just thought of. Potions, uh, Mix yourself a potion with the following effects. Are you looking at this email? Because you need to look at it to keep it in your head. Um, did you send it to me? It's in the no. It's in the it's in the questions. It's in the AM questions. Uh, it's Alex go. potion questions. I remember when this came in because I, I saw it on my phone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to the, for the audience. So you can mix this potion with any of the following effects, but everyone you add has the effect for each one of the additions. Yes. I did so, look at this and think I'm about going, it. Let me read these. 600 hours instant XP for any talent. Four hours of time stopping power. 100 times as strong for a day. Make 10 people suddenly familiar with you and your work. Sleep blissfully without time passing every night for a year. Reading and watching speed 10, 1,000 times faster for a day. Remove six years of life from anyone, or you can split it between people. That's just death note. Um, aware of 10 random facts that no one else on Earth knows, and everything under uh, $100 is free, starting for uh, forever. Uh, but if you combine that, obviously it goes down to 50 then goes down to 25 You know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I was looking at this. And my so after thinking about this for a while, because I remember this came in, and I was sitting in bed, and I got this email, uh, and I was sleep deprived because I've been sleeping bad this week, and I was looking at this email and thinking like, this is an impossible question. I could never answer this in a million years because I think this is a trick. I don't think there's anything good here. Um, they're all like the perfect amount of like these could be cool, and then, but no, I can't. I'm looking at it. I'm like, how do I min max this? How do I really get the most benefit out of of this? So thing? my my I one don't thing know here, what it is. My one thing here is. I'm willing to take everything under $100 free forever, reduced down to 25 which means I get three of the things, because that means most grocery items are just free, and if food was free, my life would categorically be better. Um, yeah, but then I'm, like, thinking about inflation, right? I'm like, how long does that last? I think most of the things I buy will not be over $25 a piece in my life. If I have to pay $25 for a potato, the world is fucked. <laughs> Uh, I'm fairly sure you'd be playing over twenty five dollars for a potato by the time you're eighty. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think look at how much a potato was. Uh, um, potatoes well, are still like two dollars. Like I, at I the guess, most, if I'm buying a boutique potato, I guess the like forms of inflation have changed so much because of like you know the the wage productivity gap and how much of it goes out of yeah. rent rather than yeah okay yeah i guess i guess you're right i guess that specific thing will be is hard to navigate yes, yes. i mean yes, uh, the, the keeping things free is an easy immediate easy pick right but here's the thing when i look when i think about that i'm like none of these other ones i want to reduce that far i think they'd be useful like 600 hours in a talent immediately sounds great but i wouldn't want to reduce that down to whether that be 150 hours that's just not i can do 150 hours of anything if i wanted to right, um, that's like a couple months of being into something that's like that's like three weeks of being really into something. <laughs> yeah, no, depending on how uh, how you use it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I'm like, four hours of time-stopping power, that would require me to have, like, a plan. 
of how I think I think my I think my I think what I ended up wanting here is um, everything's free under $50 and 300 hours in the XP for any talent. I pick a musical instrument. I want to play probably guitar or piano. Just to I get just you off it, the ground. Just to get me off the ground. Yes. Cause that's the hardest yeah. part. Yeah. Once you get like the, the, your footing. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I genuinely, I was looking at, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a, a way to really, um, to really figure out that like there are, the problem is there are things here that are so contingent on what the outcomes are that you pick. Yeah. Like make 10 people suddenly familiar with you and your work. Um, that doesn't mean people? they're going to like it also as the right, thing. I'm yeah. like, that one's, that one's too much of a genie wish for me. But like, if I, if, if I pick, if I find the right one person, it could, would drive me e- crazy. it could be that the would best drive me wish. Crazy. Drive me, I couldn't, I don't want to have to think of who I think the like, perfect strategy to f- listen to a neural mapping is right i don't i don't want to think about it um yeah but like what if what if i could find the right person and then i wouldn't ha- wouldn't need to make everything free because i could be rich right i could i could nail, I just I could don't nail think, it i don't think i could name even if you gave me all 10 people i don't think i could name 10 people that if they all started in being invested in our network would fix our lives because um, it doesn't mean they're gonna like it like that's yeah. not a guarantee right like I, I could name 10 rich people, but they're just going to listen to an episode. Would, would they like, actually, oh. Yeah, would that translate in any way to actually yeah. fixing anything? I'm like, sleep blissfully without time passing. That'd be, that'd be fun, I guess. But it's only a year. Yeah. Um, and I was like, 10,000 times reading speed for a day? Uh, it'd be fine. That's just, not, that's just not that interesting to me at all. That's not that interesting. That's like, nah. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious about facts that no one else on earth knows, but um, that would be cool. That, you, you know, what if like, well, I can't choose between them. Give me the 10 facts. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't know the facts ahead of time. Yeah. You don't know what they are. They could break your brain. They could revolutionize the world. They could be useless. Uh, Here's the thing. A hundred times as strong. I'm not that strong. But for a day. First of all, for a day, but like, I'm not that strong. Like, how much stronger, like, it, I would presumably be stronger than any other human. Yeah. Um. Even, you know, the hundreds. But uh, how are we measuring? Oh, yeah. How are we measuring this is, this, is, uh, this one is totally useless for me. Time-stopping powers for perverts only. Um, That's I not, truly... but, da, 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 da. I understand how time-stopping. What, what is, what do you, what do you do with four par- hours of time-stopping power that's not crimes? Well, crimes, they're just not perfect crimes. (laughs) I'm just saying that, like, robbing a bank also counts as, like, you use your gifts for perversion. Not in, like, the obvious, like, goofy way that you're taking it, but yes. (laughs) I need uh, an explanation on the the four hours of time stopping power. Is it four hours in which you have the power to stop time? Or is it a, can I stop time for four hours across the rest of my life? I assume assume that one, because the other one isn't actually useful at all. (laughs) <laughs> just like go you got four hours <laughs> yeah but also uh, i just am like i'm not going to be in that many like life or death situations where if i could time stop for a second it's going to save my life or anything like oh I, I need to stop this bullet and get out of the way of it like it's fucking dragon ball z or whatever and the no, guy holds his breath he, and stops time i don't need that I, it's fine i'm good no, that's cause and effect though because if, if you had time stopping powers you may get yourself into I, those situations I, that's not improving my life that's, that's <laughs> in fact hurting my life i think <laughs> That would be hurting your life. That's true. Uh, I get. I get <laughs> it'd be really funny. Just like, oh, fuck it. I'm removing sixty years of life from like I don't know, Jeff yeah. Bezos or someone. Yeah, I'm. I'm fi- everything under fifty dollars is free and three hundred hours XP. That's it. That's what I want. Yeah, I guess I'll just take everything under a hundred free then. <laughs> give me, give me a little more. Because uh, 
the wording is everything under X is free. So that means it has to be single items. And a lot of things I can break down into that kind of single item. Yes, yeah. Uh, even, like, buying a computer, uh, obviously there are there are parts that are more than 100. There's many parts that are more than 100. But even something expensive like that, there are enough things I can buy piecemeal, right? So that would still take a chunk out of most expenses. It's only, like, uh, you know, rent um and a car that i th- I don't think there's any part of those that i can get under 100 yeah shit gas is free as long as you don't fill up a huge tank <laughs> I fill up more than a- oh shit i filled up 101 dollars oh yeah. fuck um what's yeah, the best way to heal in a video game a potion's pretty good but even then do you just drink it do you pour it on yourself do you throw it up in the air Leaves of some kind, gems you crush, apple gel, floating med kit that just goes vroom whenever you run over it. It's that one. It's the floating med kit that goes vroom. <laughs> um, I love whenever someone just throws a potion up in the air. I think that one's really funny. The implication that like it just kind of like splashes on someone is is goofy and good. I also like when there's like an animation of the arm and there's like a red mist and then you're healed. Um, my uh, I really like the green make all your numbers go up gel in uh trauma center i think that's a fun oh yeah <laughs> video game one um a bandolier full of test tube potions is cool but what's cooler i don't know that one's pretty cool um yeah i don't know what if Guns. it was like a um like one of those Yu-Gi-Oh like disc like arm things but it's full of potions. you need a dual disc system yes i couldn't think of the name too old too old to remember what a dual disc is yeah should an ss flask taste good or bad bad yeah that one's easy where do you sit on the scale from cottage witch throwing turnails into a cauldron to lab scientists the billion bits of bubbling glassware Uh, i'm Uh, definitely mad scientist i'm fully on the glassware side i have no um appeal in like witchy aesthetics to me um simply nothing whereas i do like ridiculous annoying resident evil sci-fi shits how come jackson didn't play an atelier yet you have you played atelier ramona yeah kinda uh is there any better you fuck that up effect than a big plume of smoke bursting out of a potion yeah disgusting food in breath of the wild is really good um it's uh they had to pixelate the food that's how bad it is <laughs> it's pretty good uh <laughs> it's, it's pretty- when uh uh you try to uh slide on uh on stairs in metal gear and riding oh that one is good oh yeah you stepped in dog or bird shit shit, you filled your i vividly remember when mgs5 came in i was on skype to you playing and one of the first things i did was like dive on the stairs and you just slide up like efficiently and we were like eat shit and go (laughs) yeah you don't eat shit go like it's a fucking video game (laughs) that's what i need video games were over um anonymous writes in with the ever-present reality of climate change facing a season after season do you foresee yourself shifting your gaming habits as temperatures rise i know some people associate certain months with certain type of games i now see summer months as a time to revisit handhelds when playing inside uh not so as to produce less heat so here's um, the fucked up thing about climate change at least where i am um it's not just that things are hotter it's that we facilitate wildly between it's freezing for no good reason and it's really hot so um no it's just my energy bills go up <laughs> uh yeah uh i mean so 
being in the non-aircon UK, this was actually yes. a big problem for me for many years. Yes. Like in the summer, for most of normal mapping, like doing a console game became part. I vividly remember when we did Binary Domain, it was on my computer while there was like a heat wave in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the room I was living in at the time was like, the, the walls barely existed. So it was freezing in the, uh, in the winter, but then in the summer, it was just the hottest thing in the universe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just remember just sweating, drenched in sweat, playing Binary Domain. I was like, I can't do it. I genuinely can't do this. But moving moving house and um, making a point to be like, I have to, the world has changed. I have to get aircon, uh, which is kicking the can down the road. It, it does, everyone getting aircon does heat the world long term, but I, it does mean I can play games in the summer, I guess. Yeah, right. But like, this is also the question of like, you not getting an aircon doesn't save the world. So you might as well have an aircon. Yes. <laughs> can't individual consumption our way out of that so i will yes. be having an aircon so i can survive the heat waves um i have this problem because the room i record in uh, my bedroom is not good the it the specifically it does not cool well like the the air conditioning does not reach this room in a way that i find respectable um mm-hmm. so when it's more hot out i try to have the computer on as little as possible thankfully i don't really use the computer that much um, I'm either out in the living room where the it's it's like the coldest room in the house uh, where the big TV is. The TV might as well be a space heater. Also, <laughs> the fucking TV radiates so much heat. Um, or um, I'm in bed playing on a handheld and then the heat doesn't bother me anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's that is also just my gaming consumption anyway. So it doesn't actually affect this podcast other than when it gets to the depths of summer. I am definitely like sitting here sweating through any recordings we do. Right now, the, the temperature crashed. It was like 90 uh, two days ago, and today it's like 50, and it's just like nice, rainy, like a little too cold for nice fall weather or nice spring weather. Uh, it's like almost too much, but um, it, it's nice for me. I love this shit. Yeah, uh, it's too. it's been it's the weather at the moment is fucked because it, it's not like too extreme, but it is definitely like. If it's a nice day, it's like 20 degrees. If it's a shitty day, it's like four degrees. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where's the, where's the regular where's the regular temperature that's meant to be here for two months? Yeah, high day is thirty seven. There's snow in parts of the state right now, and it was ninety degrees two days ago. It's fucked up over here. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I was rhetorical. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really change. You know, I live in the Midwest. We've everything's got central heating and air. Um, I prefer it when it's high. The heat is. Uh, I pay the heat in a gas bill and I pay the, pay the AC in an electric bill. And in my part of the world, electricity is like, might as well not cost money. And uh, gas is incredibly expensive. So I much prefer it when it's hot out and I can just turn these AC on. Uh, yeah, this is not true over here. I mean, you may have heard about the UK energy bill situation. <laughs> yes. Fucking yeah. bad. Yeah. Um. So that's it um that's it for questions you can send them to uh abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com you sure would can. like to send they can be about what we're playing or anything else though next month i bet they're gonna mostly be about what we're playing because next month because you're are, all weebs we're finally doing it we are playing chrono cross that's right the sequel uh, fam- to chrono trigger famous yeah sequel to chrono trigger uh one of the last great playstation square enix classics um is it the last one? Does this come out after Final Fantasy Nine? I do not know. I'm going to tell you. I like it more than Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't talking qualitatively. I'm like, when did like this was 
uh, November 18th, 1999 in Japan. Um, I'm checking. I would use Japanese dates for this. I am. That's what I am doing. Yeah. All right, Vagrant Stories After. Okay. Uh, and Final Fantasy Nine's after that. Okay, yes. Okay. So I was I was right. So there's 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 two couple more, couple couple more after that, uh, but it's relatively late. Yeah. Um, we'll be having a uh, friend of the show Neve on, uh, who I do around the long fire with, and has been on some Vape Life's uh, to talk about it. And uh, it'll be great. I played the PlayStation version on my Mister. Had a good yeah. time with that. I'll be playing um, the PC version. Yes, the Radical Dreamers re-release, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, which is available on uh, everything, I think. Um, yep. That one has an uh, unfortunate problem of uh, the backgrounds are all upscaled and the models they're all not, look too nice. They're not upscaled. Oh, they're not? You can turn them off. You, you can turn, turn that off. off. Okay, you want to turn that off. Um, good. Uh, but the, the, you can't fix the part where the models are all too clean. <laughs> uh yeah you can slightly i'll be running a reshade filter over the top it'll be basically the same as uh playstation except the font um, uh, that's not true because i look at those models lose them those are literally new models they're just not you no, no no you don't it, you don't have the new model the, the there is a classic mode that reverts most of this stuff not oh, all okay. the way but it does revert more than you're implying okay because i was looking at footage of it and everyone's just running it like you know upscaled everything new models and it yeah no the youtubers are all fucking running it uh, uh, with all the ai upscale background nonsense i will not be doing that i'll be putting it in the other mode okay. then uh, you're fine. And running a crt over it yeah you won't have a crt filter if you're playing it on your switch which i bet a lot of people will be doing but that's fine yes no that, that will, I'll, I'll only be doing that because i can put reshade on it because it's on my pc yeah um but yeah that that's uh looking forward to that one like i said i finished that game yesterday uh a little ahead of the curve on this one but that's okay You're too too fast. I haven't started. I'll be starting yeah. next week. I will. Uh, my end game end game time was about thirty two hours. Uh, I will say to anyone Not who wants bad. to play along, I th- that was that was faster than how long the beat said uh, as usual. So adjust your opinions. Uh, you kind of got to know what your modifier on how long the beat times are personally because it's different for everybody. <laughs> I'm usually a little behind you in RPGs. I just like yeah. a little more methodical about things. I guess. Yeah. Not only am I fast, but I got to a point in this where I was really just fucking cooking. I was like, I want to see this game through. I basically uh, spent the last two days doing nothing but playing uh, Chrono Cross. So, yes, sometimes it's like that. Yeah. But that's it. Uh look forward to that. I'm really excited for that episode. I think it'll be good. Um, you can listen to our old episode on Chrono Trigger if you'd like to know what happens in Chrono Trigger. I will probably be doing that because I don't really <laughs> remember what happened in Chrono Trigger. <laughs> yeah, fair enough um we are not we are not planning to cover radical dreamers so if you are interested in that there's a journal updated episode on it or you can play it yourself it's really short um that's it yeah i'll probably fight before card across i guess okay well i i won't <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's, it's in that edition and i know it came first yeah. so i may as well take a look yeah. uh that's it jackson plugs you can find me at headfalls off on twitter.com and on co-host where i'm not posting but might yeah, if twitter dies <laughs> Um, uh yeah <laughs> you can find me uh on abnormapping.com it's where this podcast is and a bunch of other podcasts like referee screenings watching movies uh that's a great podcast uh and i'm also on um anomalous readings on export audio uh, export audio uh which is my sci-fi book podcast i do with nora what'd you just read 
We recently, and by recently I mean yesterday, read To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini, the Aragon guy, because Nora loves Aragon. And that so would be a, to, already been out for two weeks by the time this goes up. So yeah, and uh, so I had to read an 800-page uh, Christopher Paolini novel. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. It was fine. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Like, it didn't blow my socks or anything, but it was a total fine beach read. That 800 pages goes faster than many shorter books I've read. <laughs> uh, sure does. Goes down easy. Yeah. Uh, what if Halo had a Venom suit? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I was surp- I was worried you were going to find the, like, violence a little too much. There's a lot of really goopy stuff in there that I know you don't love. So. I, it's specifically bone stuff and it was all yes, like there limbs was getting cut stuff. off there was some was bone like, stuff there is but it's so over the top and I'm also like when it you know I'm a little bit uh, ninja war through some of those action scenes oh yeah fair enough because there's a lot like in the, in the bug hunt bit in the middle where there's like just 50 pages of them fucking shooting bugs on the planet and then the jellies attack and I'm like yep oh Triggs has been attacked yeah uh, you can find me on twitter at em underscore b you can find uh we are a Patreon supported show. That's what I wanted. And if you'd like to support us, there are multiple tiers. You can go to patreon.com slash mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project. We're currently watching Gundam Seed Destiny and Aura Battler Dunbine. For $5, you get blockbusters. We just watched Phone Booth and we're about to watch Smoking the Bandit uh, next month, which I'm excited for. Uh, for $10, you get VoIP Life, where every two weeks we just kind of goof off. It's a thank you for high-level patrons. Not There's no focus. It's a, you know, an <laughs> open format show. Um... But it often is about video games. We recently had a big episode about our favorite controllers. We did like a ranking or a ranker and talked about what we like in controller aesthetics. And uh, it's it's mostly dictated by what we've been into recently, which means I'm mostly making it games focused, making VoIP Life a games podcast. It's been gaming lately. And then it stops being gaming when we both pivot away from gaming because it's just the other bonus podcast. Yeah. Um, but if you want to support the network, uh, check that out. Uh, people like it. I like doing it. I think it's a fun show. Um, let's see. What else? If you like this, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. Retweet the post. If you're on Coast and you actually use it, or if you're on whatever social media network I can't even imagine, if you're on Mastodon or whatever, and you like our show, plug it. Because we're not there. And we're not yeah. posting it. And word of mouth truly works. And I appreciate anyone who uh, plugs the podcast without just like, like proactively saying i like this thing here's a link people should check it out is uh the most labor you can do for a thing you like um i try to do it for things i like but it's like even i never like you know i do it once every once in a while so it's hard to do so anyone who does that i greatly appreciate it because that's a lot of work yeah um but that's it because uh we don't ever we we retweet the podcast a couple times and that's it so Uh, i'm bad at promotion um that's everything we'll be back next month i hope you all enjoy some video games will i finish tilia ferris by the time we come back probably unless i uh, get busy with something else yeah unless you get distracted by something um yeah but we'll see i guess goodbye everyone goodbye Amaro. <laughs> no that's not even this podcast after <laughs>